Hello, it's Charlotte's sister, C. Farrell, host of Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast that invites you to do what you love. This podcast is for you if you love writing or telling stories, if you love sharing poetry or doing interviews. This podcast is for you if you love working on ways to create age-friendly cities. This podcast is for you if you love learning how to tame technology and get more out of virtual events, if you love finding more ways to share your heritage or traditions. If you love any of these things, you can go beyond listening and join our weekly podcast group. Simply email pbaafc at gmail.com and put your name in the subject line. Powered by Age is sponsored by the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, the 411 Senior Center Society, and GNF Financial Group. Good afternoon and welcome to Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast. I'm Charlotte Farrell, your host, and today our topic is Welcome to the Smooth Summer Solstice. We're going to be talking about what are the things that you remember from the solstice of the longer summer days in your childhood, in your youth, and now as an older adult. And we're also going to hear some poetry and essays related to things happening in June. So and without further ado, I'm going to say I acknowledge that our podcast takes place on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Salem Bluetooth Nations. We are supportive of the things that are being done to reconcile our uninvited invitation to live here. Um, so now I'm going to have our two of our intrepid podcasts. Zoomsters introduce themselves and uh, after their introduction, each will have something that they're sharing and then I'll come back to you with something I'm sharing. Okay, uh, Neil? Yeah, hi, my name is Neil Ryan. Uh, I'm a uh, senior poet. Uh, I, that, those are separate. I'm a senior and I'm a poet and I have a book called From the Other Side, which uh, which shares my spirit, my spirit, my identity is that I'm a human being having a spiritual experience called life. So, Leslie, take it away. Okay, thanks, Neil. I'm Leslie Hebert, and I live in New Westminster. And I write poetry and short stories and travel memoirs. And I'm going to share some summer solstice memories today. Okay. And I am also a poet, and I know it. <laughs> there's a way that I have combined using poetry with doing um, eliciting poems for people that are working through substance abuse recovery, uh, people who are using poetry for peace and love purposes, and uh, using poetry to transform Send transfer from written form to audiobooks to uh, films. And I have the honor and happiness of having had my new poem, I Choose to Challenge, which is a video poem with music, now into a, a, a short film. And it was screened last week at the uh, Polygon Gallery, and I'm going to be having some screenings along with the workshop that I'll be announcing to you in the future. So uh, Neil has something, you know, another thing that happened to, during June was the Juneteenth holiday, and not many people 
knew about it until it got designated as a federal holiday, but there are a lot of issues that remain. So Neil has something that he's going to share related to that. Okay. Uh, uh, I have a lot of feelings about this because I look at what's going on in the U.S. right now, and there is chaos. And I imagined what it would be like when the freedom was uh, was acclaimed uh, during Lincoln's time, and why there is this this holiday in the U.S. So this is written by Heather Cox Richardson. Uh, I get it through a friend of mine who gets the uh, the the letter called American. And uh, this was written last Sunday, and I really would like to share this with you as an example of the insanity that must it must have been like. So Heather writes, Tomorrow is the federal holiday honoring Juneteenth, the celebration of the announcement on June the 19th, 1865, in Texas, that enslaved Americans were free. On April the 9th on 1865, General Robert E. Lee had surrendered the Army of Northern Virginia to General Ulysses S. Grant of the U.S. Army. But it was not until June the 2nd that General Edmund Kirby Smith surrendered the Confederacy Trans-Mississippi Department the last major army of the Confederacy to the United States in Galveston, Texas. Smith then fled to Mexico. 17 days later, 17 days later, Major General Gordon Granger of the U.S. Army arrived on Galveston Island with about 2,000 U.S. troops. On June the 19th, Granger issued General Order Number 3 informing the former enslaved inhabitants of Texas that they were free. He quotes, The people of Texas are informed in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. It read, this involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing becomes them becomes that between employee and hired employer. The order went, the freemen are advised to remain quiet at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and they will not be supported in idleness, either there or elsewhere. General Order Number 3 informed former enslaved people that they were freed from enslavement and the suffocating circumstances of their lives. Restricted movements, corporal punishment, and stunted lives 
to which American system of human slavery had previously confined them. It urged them to join the free labor market economy and that the North had championed, working for wages and seamlessly shifting from their former relationships with the enslavers to ones of employee and employer. This news arrived in a state consumed by chaos. During the war, white men had gone east to join the Confederate armies as planters had rushed west from Louisiana with their enslaved people to try and preserve the institution of slavery. Mexicans and Comanches had launched raids against the unsettled population and the Longhorn cattle bottled up in Texas as the United States blockaded southern ports and the railroad lines de de degraded had multiplied until observers estimated that there were eight cattle for every one person in Texas and the animals threatened those that ventured too close to them. The fall of Confederacy meant the collapse of whatever, whatever order remained in the state. The former Confederates were demoralized and angry. It looked like everything worth living for was gone. Cattlemen charged good, Charles Goodnight, later recalled, planters furious, furious at the death of their cause and desperate to get crops in refused to tell the enslaved people in the field of the dramatic change of their circumstances with the surrender of the last major Confederate army. Against this backdrop, Granger's men read order number three to formerly enslaved Texans in Galveston. They heard the news and celebrated in the streets. The order was no magic bullet for the state on far-flung plantations, some enslavers tried to hold enslaved people at work until after the harvest. But the news of freedom on June the 19th provided a focus and a rallying point for black Americans to celebrate freedom that stood out, that stood out and apart from the chaos and anger around them. A year later, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, except as punishment for a crime had been added to the U.S. Constitution. And in June the 19th, 1866, Texas freed people gathered to celebrate the coming of their freedom with prayers, speeches, food, and socializing. By the following year, the federal government encouraged Juneteenth celebrations, eager to make sure black citizens had an opportunity to discuss their voting rights that had been put in place by the Military Reconstruction Act of 1867 and the traditional Juneteenth began to spread to black communities across the nation. 
beginning there in Texas, black Americans celebrated Juneteenth, emphasizing that emancipation in the United States meant not just freedom from enslavement, but freedom to shape the nation's future. That chaos must have been incredible, just incredible. And I say good for us all that, that in fact, that the Americans and under Lincoln decided this was not the right thing. This was against humanity. So bless us all. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I remember reading years and years and years ago that American politics is not divided into left and right, but is divided into north and south. Yeah. And even more than north and south, black and white, because they're northern states or northern senators who have joined in this act of voting, changing, overturning voter rights in a number of parts of the south. But Part of the chaos are things that, that they haven't stressed so much is that slavery didn't end in the United States until the people in Texas were notified because as you were reading in that essay, there were people from the bordering states who, who marched uh, their captive people down into Texas because Texas wasn't honoring. Some people have made this story. It took two years for the news to get across or it took two years for a horseman. People crossed the country in months, you know, some of these runners and whatnot. But Texas just acted like you know, refused to accept that slavery had been ended, that there had been an ending by, by Lincoln two years before, and they just maintained it. And um, some people were coming up as far as Canada. There are stories of people who came up into to Canada to capture free people and take them to Texas because Texas was still ignoring the order, ignoring the proclamation of freedom. So uh, there was one account that I read in a Southern paper that when it was announced, people ran out into all the neighboring counties, establishing churches and looking for their families. So among the myths that have been perpetrated about the black family is that, oh, the, you know, they didn't care about each other, but their stories, you know, Sojourner Truth was one of the people searching for their children, men and fathers searching for children that had been sold into slavery and uh, starting churches, starting businesses. And they also started a process, a thing with, with money that uh, people would come for a meeting and they would put in a little bit of money to, uh, to be divided. So people would keep continuing and then it would be this person's turn to receive money and another person's uh, turn to receive money because there was a lot of fighting that happened around some of the money that was supposed to be made available um, for people to get jobs or people to, to get housing. Can you imagine you've worked for somebody for all of your life and then you're freed and there's nothing saying, well, here's your wages or here, here's money that we owe you for this people being freed with nothing. So a lot of people still ended up uh, as sharecroppers, meaning you, you had your house, but you had to pay. So sometimes before people could even have uh, money to, 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 for their family, they'd taken out money for the, the, the lodging, money for their clothes, money for everything. So people were still in a slave-like condition because they had no money of their own, no compensation, which that's, is a little that's, thing. That's, that's the chaos that I'm talking yeah. about. Right. It, 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 and it still exists to some extent. Uh, 
I've I've been through the southern states uh, doing research, and uh, it, it's still the the white against the black, and it's against the north. Well, it really people perpetrating it. I mean, what happened with now all of this hate speech and meanness? The former person occupying the White House. Um, perpetrated a lot of hate speech, people just really taking issues and uh, people feeling that there was a threat when more people, more senators were elected, when the senators were elected, Congress representatives that were Black were elected in Texas. They passed a law that people could not uh, give people to water, give water to people who come to uh, the advanced what is the polling places come to come to vote or come to get in line for the the early elections they've done a lot of stuff across the country so it there as much as there are people trying to perpetrate this black against white or north against south there are people working for harmony and working to organize people around the principles that the country says it's for so i think that's the hope that there are people waking up and seeing you know, perpetrating hate, perpetrating um, one race against the other, one gender against the other, it's not helping us. So there are some people working against the chaos that exists now. And that's a difference too, I see with Canada, Canada is honoring and even working to reconciliation, those 92 acts of reconciliation. America doesn't have anything organized in place right now around uh, reparations and reconciliation for so much labor and so much that was extracted from people. So I think that this model that we are working toward will be something that maybe people will present, somebody will present one day on the floor of Congress and say, look at what Canada is doing. We need to do something similar. Uh, so then Juneteenth will be a real celebration. But thank you for sharing that, Neil, because it is an important thing that it's now a federal holiday. And um, People can get paid if they have to work on that day. In so many cities, people had programs, all the musicians, YouTube. So many people came out to celebrate their and share their talent, share their poetry, their dances, everything. So thank you so much for sharing that. Tell us again, in case anyone wants to look it up, who the essay was by and what your source. I'll be right there with your answer. Her name is, I'm, I wish I could tell you what university. Her name is Heather Cox Richardson. And it's from Letters from an American. Okay. Uh, Heather Cox Richardson at substack.com. Okay, that way our listeners can look it up and listen to it themselves and have it to share. We just had the summer solstice and I had an interesting discussion with someone about it, which led into thinking about, you know, how our memories have changed, the things that we remember are cherished as a child during these longer summer days versus teen and then now in these years. Leslie, what were your thoughts about that? Um, okay, so um, when I thought about my memories as a child, um, I remember that, you know, I had a very strict routine as a child, you know, I went to bed at the same time every night. And the further north you are, of course, the longer the evenings get. 
months. So, um, you know, living at a fairly northern latitude, it was light probably till about 10 o'clock at night. And I remember laying in bed in broad daylight, unable to sleep. And it seemed very unjust to me <laughs> that I was in bed. But um, there's a, a lovely poem that I remembered from my childhood that I found online. Um, it's called Bed in Summer by Robert Louis Stevenson. So I'd just like to read that. Um, in winter, I get up at night and dress by yellow candlelight. In summer, quite the other way, I have to go to bed by day. I have to go to bed and see the birds still hopping on the tree or hear the grown-up people's feet still going past me in the street. And does it not seem hard to you when all the sky is clear and blue and I should like so much to play to have to go to bed by day? So that perfectly captured my, my thoughts at the time. I felt it was so unjust. Um, so that's my childhood memory of the summer solstice. Um, as a teenager, I don't know, long family walks, we were able to go out after dinner. So, you know, the evenings were long and lovely. So long family walks after dinner. And my favorite part of summer now it's not really the solstice, but when you get to August and you have those long August nights and they're so warm and you can actually go outside. I mean, this is not anything unusual for people that live in more southerly latitudes, but to be able to go out and sit outside at nine o'clock at night, just in summer clothes, feeling the warmth, listening to the insects buzz. So when the summer solstice arrives, I, I kind of start looking forward to that time. Um, as an adult, I, I cherish, you know, I have more energy when there's more daylight and I, I seem to spend, you know, more time doing things. You know, I can go out and work in the garden after dinner, you know, so I treasure those long summer evenings. So um, that's, you know, that's what I find the summer solstice is to me. It's more energy. It's more time. It's more time outdoors. Uh, it contrasts for me with uh, different parts of the world. And I mentioned that, of course, the further north you go, the longer the evenings are in the summer. As you head towards the equator, it's completely the reverse. And I remember being in Indonesia and hmm. how disappointingly predictable it was. The sun rose at 6 a.m. and it set at 6 p.m. every single day. All year round, wow. the temperature was, you know, it hovered around 80 degrees all the time. There was just no change. So there's no, there was no contrast. So I think part of the joy in the summer solstice is the contrast with the darkness of winter. And again, at northern latitudes, you're getting dark. You know, where I lived as a child, it was dark at three o'clock in the afternoon. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I can't imagine that. Mm. <laughs> so yeah so there, those just a few memories that I have to share I was just wondering if uh, Charlotte O'Neill had any any similar memories well I used to live quite a ways north mm. and uh, uh, northern Ontario but then I lived up in timber country uh, north of uh, what is called Nipigon and, and, and Lake Nipigon. And 
And so at 11 o'clock at night in the summertime, the sun would still be up, but uh, but uh, I was nine years, eight, seven years old, so it was bedtime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember protesting and saying, I, I, I want to go play, and then, no, it's bedtime. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I've I've been fortunate enough to travel. So I've been in Iceland where the sun goes down at four in the afternoon and it's pitch dark uh, in the wintertime. And, uh, and I've been in Dawson Creek in northern British Columbia where the, the sun goes to bed at two in the morning, gets up at 2.30 <laughs> or three o'clock. Uh, that one really shocked me. That uh, I've never been in, in in the sunshine at 3 a.m. thinking I, I want to go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it how many months does it have? Does it last like that? It's a short season. Uh, I, I, I it's. I, I, I lived there until from the spring till the till till October. I lived there in Dawson Creek, and uh, I can only remember the summer, the 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 July, that the sun was not to bed early, to bed very late, and and get up very early. But uh, uh, yeah, so it must affect your biological clock somehow. I mean, you know, people that live in the far, far north, I'm sure they sleep much less. Yeah. When there's so much more daylight, and then I've also heard that in the winter, they'll sleep through and like skip a day. They kind of go into hibernation mode. Yeah, I've heard that. Hmm. I've wondered, I've never seen, I don't think anybody's ever done a photo study, you know, to show what those people's body size, you know, what the, whether the body size rotates around the year mm -hmm. and people are heavier, you know, like, uh, it would be interesting to see how that looks. Yeah, but, my, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure we all get heavier in the winter. My appetite increases <laughs> in the winter, right? But then, you know, in the summer, I'm quite happy eating lettuce. Yeah, but not in I the winter. I, I want comfort food. I think I gain in the summer because there's ice cream and so oh. many and cold drinks, <laughs> sherbet, ice cream. Uh, but my childhood. The, the sign that it was summer was that the Dairy Queens open. It's so odd now to see Dairy Queens open in the middle of winter because in Kansas, uh, there would be a day, and that would be when we were starting our drive to Omaha. I, I laugh now and imagine as a child, we worked and we put money into this bank to go to Omaha. <laughs> but our aunt <laughs> lived there and, uh, and, and the one cousin. And so she let us, we had a much further range of stuff that we could do and i just uh, i think now wow we put we put money but it was a value because uh even though we were children and the parents of course were taking care of it it really made us feel every you know what you get out of a dollar put a dime in you have to put at least 
you know, so much in this bank. And the banks were the ones that the encyclopedia people, when they used to go around and they would show you the deluxe set and then the next set and the next set. And they had these little banks that they gave kids so that you could be contributing to buying the encyclopedia. So our family kind of passed that over to our summer vacation. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I don't even eat Dairy Queen when it's in the wintertime because it's supposed to be a summer treat. Uh, Apparently in Russia, they love to eat ice cream in the winter. <laughs> it's, yeah, I was working on, I haven't, I, I haven't totally finished it off, but it was a poem, a transition poem called, Can You Imagine? Can you imagine we put pennies in cans and blue savings jars to spend, to extend the family budget for our summer trip to Omaha. Omaha, rah-rah, <laughs> new kids, new cousins, endless hours to play hide and seek. Sailing along into my teen years, summer was a treasure, a treasure trove of things that made the year last longer. Summer camp with the campfire girls, summer dances, that I had to ask daddy's permission to go to. Summertime, buying the clothes, picking out clothes for the start of the school year. Now, a summer as an older person, now summer goes all too soon. Chilly June, warm July, hot as Hades August. Only a few concerts suitable for seniors. Ah, summer is just too short. <laughs> That was fun. Like that one. Yeah. You lived in the South, didn't you, Leslie? Like uh, one of those islands, the Bahamas, or or. Oh, I wish no. Um, <laughs> no, we went to we went to uh, Bali and Lombok for a vacation. Uh, we were there, uh, I think, uh, for about a month. Okay. But yeah, but the. Um, the routine of the unchanging, you know, I mean, it was lovely, but it was so unchanging. There were no contrasts, right? Yeah. I had a question for you as, as, as creative artists. Are the longer days giving you more artistic ways to uh, share your creative writing or painting? I don't know about more ways. It seems that I have, like I say, more energy. Um, I'm uh, I'm doing a lot of sort of really a lot of writing online, which really doesn't get me outside. But um, we're also spending more time outside now, which I think is where the energy comes from, because we all need that vitamin D from the sun, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because we live in a basement now, you know, so it's it's very dark <laughs> down here. So, wow. <laughs> so I don't get the sun streaming through the windows like I used to when I was upstairs. And then what about, do you find, some people find summer as a time for completion of things and they have this goal or push to complete things, whereas others, you know, they're open to new things. That's where they start buying, mm -hmm. doing things like buying motorhomes. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Which do you find? Do you find a contrast in the push to complete or to start something? I think the, uh, you know, the desire to start things. And I think that's all part of this new energy. And I, I kind of start to feel it in the spring when the sap's rising, you know. And, uh, you know, by the solstice, when the days are so long, it's like, oh, you know, I can carry on with these new projects because I have all this time, right? 
you know, mm -hmm. the days are so much longer. It's worth starting things. And then towards the end of the year, as the days draw in, that's when I get the idea of getting things completed sort of at the close of the year. It's funny. I, I feel mm -hmm. like September, well, my birth month is September. And so and for so long, school started, you know, when I was going to school, then when I was teaching, it was always September. So September feels like the start of a new year. So mm -hmm. as it gets toward mm -hmm. August, I'm feeling not moving toward not saying panicky, but I'm feeling that mm, I got to get it finished because school's going to start again. <laughs> and uh, I, I was telling myself today, calm down. You know, it's just it's just the start. We're just getting ready to start with July. You have time to finish things, but that's and then I feel even more than New Year's Eve, the night before my birthday. It feels like the beginning of a new year, and. Uh, and I'm dreading a little bit um, the coming of, of that dastardly daylight savings time because <laughs> having enjoyed these longer days of summer, September is like tick, 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 tick. It's ticking to when it's going to be those short days again. What date in September? What date? Oh, September 11th. Okay. Yeah. 9-11. Yes, I know. And, and for, because, you know, being a poet for about three years, I was taking part in different memorials and writing poetry and so forth. And I moved my birthday over to celebrating it October 11th. <laughs> and uh, this year I'm going to celebrate on the 11th, the weekend of the 11th. Do you feel those, do you feel a difference in in the, your drive to write something or to complete something in the summer more so than the winter, Neil? I was, when Leslie was talking, uh, I was thinking of uh, reflecting on my own. I was paying attention though, Leslie, but I was reflecting <laughs> on my own experience and, and that is, the, the, nothing changes. I, I, uh, I, I work from 11 till 11. And the the morning, uh, just do my mail, and and so, and nothing changes winter or summer, and I don't work more in the winter, or I don't work less in the summer. I have an office. I haven't been out on my. I have an office on the balcony that I've created, table and chairs, and and uh, I, I haven't been out there this year, which is a surprise. I usually try and get out as quickly as I can, but the weather in May mm -hmm. was a little cold and rainy-ish. And also I have this thing going on with the motorhome is having to fire it up every other day and move it every every once in a while. That's But that's beginning to settle down. So, And in fact, it now has a name. What's the it's name? Hobo. <laughs> And That's in, not an elegant name. Yeah, it, it's not an elegant motorhome. <laughs> it's a, it, as I once called it, it's a it's a mobile wreck. But it, <laughs> but my mechanic says it's in perfect shape for an old vehicle, and it doesn't have that many miles on it because it's a Chevy, and Chevys run for a Chevy truck is really basically what it is, and it, they run forever. So. Sounds like it matches its owner in good shape for an old vehicle. There you go. 
<laughs> I, I, I suppress saying that. See, the thought went through my mind, but I said, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> well, you know, it's a good shape for a reservoir, a person that like a treasured uh, <laughs> uh we are reservoirs. It's a great space for a reservoir mm. of knowledge. And it's also a time where we can do a pre-announcement. I've been taking all these workshops on uh, the value of pre-launching a book. And we can invite those who don't know about this adventure that you started called Taking a Motor Home Across BC and Collecting Poems. Tell us a little about that adventure that you, you've, you've kicked off. Uh, well, it's it's under advisement right at this moment. I'm I, I met one of the mayors of uh, uh, up one of the small towns up in the interior, and uh, uh, we've kind of talked about doing a local. From uh, he's going to introduce me to other mayors, and we're going to try and do a, a, a local seniors focus on poetry so that's kind of in process kind of but i'm w waiting for for stuff but here's the 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 it, it it's had several lives i thought that i could get canada council but then um then uh, covid hit and they wouldn't support anything were which required me to go and meet other seniors and so uh, that's back on track now and but i've increased it is that it's not because a, a lot of people say oh well i couldn't never consider writing poetry but i might have a short story for you and so the book that i intend to to manifest is going to be sh uh, poetry and short stories uh, written by seniors and uh, and I'm hoping to be able to make the first trip come August and uh, and and it'll be carry on until late October early November and then and then I probably go south for the winter become a mm -hmm. become a duck and go south for the winter <laughs> uh, one of the things that we might want to do we've shared your email address before for people who want to get your books but people who might be interested in this project people who might want to sponsor someone who was brave enough to go get a, a motorhome put it on a ferry bring it down to vancouver and have to move it every three days because of the law somebody <laughs> who might want to support this very uh, dynamic project that uh, Neil hasn't been dismayed by the difficulties in doing. So his goal is to get a story or a short story from seniors all across the province, maybe to across the world. But right now he's focusing on BC. So if you'd like to support this project, give them your email, uh, Neil. Yes, it's really simple. NCR223 at gmail.com ncr national cash register that'll do <laughs> and ncr neil c ryan so it's ncr 223 which is my birth date and uh ncr 223 at gmail.com 
And Leslie has um, your memoir. Have, you can read, uh, we have on our Powered by Age website, a thing called Spins, Stories, Poems, Interviews, and Novelties, written by our uh, many project, pro <laughs> I'm going to say protesters, podcasters. <laughs> we've had 44 different people across the two years that we've been doing Power by Age who have taken part in our podcast. Some have read stories. Sometimes when people read something, it's a there's a background noise. So we've recorded it. So we are one of the only places where seniors have not had to pay to have their stories or poems um, put on the site. So if you go on to the Powered by Age uh, dot com site and you look at the easy listening section then you can hear some of Leslie's, Neil's, uh, a number of other people's work including Sister C, Charlotte Farrell's work. Uh, if you are someone interested in taking part in our podcast and having your work included in a discussion or your work included on our website then just send an email to pba AFC at gmail.com stands for Powered by Age, Age Friendly City. PBAAFC at gmail.com. And it's two o'clock, Leslie. Uh, it was 2.20. I needed to go. I have oh. a class. Well, now you've told the world <laughs> I wasn't that you to have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we give each other reminders of when we have to go and come. We're going to be hearing. Now, uh, woven into the dis discussion, we talked about Summertime, and there's a fantastic song called Summertime that many people have recorded. So um, aside from our talking, you're going to be hearing some Summertime when the living is easy. I don't know that it's really easy, but it was at some point for somebody, the summertime was easy. <laughs> oh, that's such a beautiful song. Mm -hmm. Janis Joplin has done the the ultimate version of summertime. It is, it is spectacularly beautiful. Yes, we'll, we'll be hearing a few versions of it and people can weigh in on which one is their favorite one. Um, and then we've talked about these things cost money. <laughs> so we'll also be hearing money, 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 money as another thought of uh, something that goes along with the summer. I think the summer is still cheaper than the winter because winter you got to buy boots, heavier coat, mm. a variety of hats, wraps, and sometimes medications, buckleys for your throat. <laughs> uh, but I want to thank you for joining with us again on Powered by Age. And I want to give a forecast to some of our upcoming uh, summer events. Next week, we're going to be poetically remembering we're going to be poetically making the transition from June to July. And in that transition, we're going to have some art. We're going to have a, a, a little art show. We're going to have music. And Newell's going to do a special treatment on a poem. And Sister C might have a poem, but it's going to be a really nice program. So look forward to uh, joining that and adding your thoughts. Uh, many of you have got the, the link to our show and... Uh, can let me know if there's something special you want to present. Others have got uh, my email address. So we look forward to seeing and hearing you next week on Powered by Age as we go through saying goodbye to June and sorry into July. Any parting thoughts? Yeah, one thing you were um, 
asking about the impact of the solstice on our creativity. And I think one thing is, you know, with getting outside more, I get a lot of my inspiration from nature. So I get a lot more inspiration just by being outside in the nice summer weather. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except they said that this weekend is going to be really hot. <laughs> and so people need to yeah. carry lots of water to stay hydrated. Yeah. I'm inspired by being outside and just seeing people. I love to see uh, kids, people in, in the parks, just seeing people really laughing and sitting outside eating. Uh, how the, the animals, the animals, are, I guess, learn that people can be hostile if you just fly down. So it seems that the sea... What are those birds? The big, not seahawks, but seagulls. Seagulls, right? They they hover and they watch, and as they start to see people go into the trash, they let out that special mm. sound, and then the birds come because somebody must have told them, "You come in on those people when they're sitting down laughing and talking. Mm -hmm. They're gonna hit you or do awful things." So, I just noticed. I said, "Man, it seems like there's scouts around all these places where people are eating, mm -hmm. and then they swoop in as they're cleaning up." Well, I'm going to say. Thank you again. This is Charlotte, Sister C. Farrell, and I'll see you again. And this has been Speak Up, Listen Up, Act Upon. We have doubled putting the uh, Powered by Age podcast in the Salute uh, show spot. So you are welcome to speak up, to give your opinion. It's not a passive program, but we share information and ideas, hoping that you will find something that makes you want to speak up or to act up, to look at uh, things that are happening. There are people that are still addressing the issue of the uh, old growth trees. There are people addressing the, the uh, 92 acts of reconciliation that we need to adopt. There are still many things during the summer to peacefully co uh, connect with other people and talk about and work, work toward uh, increasing kindness and increasing conversation. Conversation, people don't all have to agree. It's being able to talk together, share ideas, and not hit each other across the head. So that's what we're about. And we look forward to welcoming, welcoming you and hope that you will listen and enjoy the things that we do in the future around that vein, around that intent.